lesson is taken from Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out of, by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were, many, there were very many lying in the valley, and, there were, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophecy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will say, 
something on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied that as I had been commanded and I prophesied suddenly there was a noise, a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone. I looked and there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophecy to the breath, prophecy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore, prophecy, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Here ends the first lesson. Psalm 130 will be, res- will be read responsibly. Out of the depths I have called to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears consider well the voice of my supplication. If you, Lord, were to know what is not amiss, O Lord, who could stand? For there is forgiveness with you, therefore you shall be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits for him. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, wait for the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy. With him there is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel for all their sins. The second lesson is taken from Romans chapter 8. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, through the body is dead, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Here ends the second lesson. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though, Jesus loved Martha and her sister, 
and Lazarus. After having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to waken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought he was referring merely to sleep. And Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man 
have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and the stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. At this time, the children's message, and then um, the children can go with to the children's church. So we're starting that today. That's great. Thank you. Okay, good morning. Hi. Okay, good to see you. Do you still have the booklets, or if you need any, any pages or anything, they're here, and the booklets are here if you, if you haven't gotten all the pieces. But today we're concluding this uh, section on uh, a season of crosses, and the cross I, that we're talking about today is a, a crucifix. I'll let you look at this one. Just pass it down. The difference about this is that it is a Latin cross, and on the Latin cross is the body of Jesus uh, being crucified. You will see a crucifix if you went to Holy Spirit Hospital. There's a very large crucifix in uh, one of the hallways as you go to visit people, and you really can't miss it. Thank you. And it is a very, also, you would see a crucifix in many Catholic churches. The difference, again, is of all the crosses we've talked about, this is the one, the crucifix, that the body of Christ is on. And it, the focus of that is, is to remind us of his suffering and the death that was not an easy death. And that he did that as he chose to do that. Um, that we might be freed and forgiven from sin, and as this lesson said, unbound from death. We, we will die, but we believe that there is a resurrection and a life beyond how final death looks. So that is um, part of what Jesus says in this lesson today. I, the other thing I wanted to talk about, you can't really see it, but on these, there's a little... At the top of the cross, there is a, a tablet, and um, there are four letters there. You probably heard of this and studied this or thought about this. The letters are I-N-R. 
I. And those are the letters that Pontius Pilate wanted above Jesus' head on the cross, which said, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And the point was to show that Rome, the government, is more powerful than the King of the Jews. Those that I-N-R-I are all the, are Latin words for, uh, Latin letters for the first word, first letter in the word of the name Jesus of Nazareth. And you know the word rex in Latin king of the Jews. So that is on the crucifix and pretty much you will always see that on a crucifix. So when we think of the cross and we've talked about them, not all of them, but many, we are reminded at the center and at the heart is Jesus' love for us and his death and resurrection that we are going to live beyond death itself. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we thank you for this, these Sundays to talk about the cross, and we give you thanks for Jesus' sacrifice that we might live and to show us the depth of your love for each of us, as we are in Jesus' name, amen. You are always very good. Please come up and you can take a crucifix paper and add it, and if you don't have everything, just take your time and take the ones you need. These are going, I think, are, are you all going to go to Children's Church? Are you? These are to be used there. Can you take them? Are they here? Oh, okay. Well, I think you'll just go back through the doors and they'll be ready for you, okay? I know they have the room set up and it looks like fun and I'm sure some of these people might want to go too. And that would be okay. Please, you could do that. So, the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with each of you. Amen. So please, we'll let you to go back there for the children's church. It's right through the doors, and I think in the, you can't miss it, in the nursery. Okay. Let us pray. Almighty God, may the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the Holy Spirit and true to the Holy Gospel, that we may recognize Christ's love for us, his grace poured upon us, and the promise of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Suddenly there was a noise, a rattling of bones coming together a kind of otherworldly sound to hear bones rattling. And the author of Ezekiel gives a really detailed description of what that valley of dry bones looks like. And yet the rattling, when that starts, is not a sound of death, but it is a sound of life. In a place where death looks so final, the rattling of bones is a sound of new life, a strong and powerful image of life coming in a place that looks so dead. By the power of God's love and by the prophet's words, the bones come together, sinews, flesh, skin. Finally, they breathe, they have new life, and they stand a vast multitude. Through Ezekiel, God is addressing the people of Israel in Babylonian exile. They felt as good as dead. 
But they are hearing words of promise, comfort, hope, that there will be for them not just dried up bones. In fact, there will not be that, but rather a homecoming. Not death, not separation, not division, but new life. Standing up and breathing in God's land, in God's garden, unbound by death. So the rattling of bones is one of the sounds from these lessons. The, the John passage has sounds too. When you think about it, there is the weeping and the wailing of the mourners at the death of Lazarus. There are the conversations of Mary and Martha to Jesus. And then there is another sound in verse 43. Jesus is speaking to a man who is dead and sealed in a tomb. Four days in the tomb and there will be a smell, we are reminded. And Jesus cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man comes out alive with no smell of death. Just reading those words gives me those, those Christ bumps that we get, those, those deep feelings, Lazarus come out, and the word is, the dead man comes out. Death is not final. In today's gospel lesson, Martha and Mary felt the pain of the death of their brother Lazarus. And how Martha faced the, brother, the death of her brother can give us help and guidance. This is the same Martha who in Luke 10 showed Jesus great hospitality, but she was too busy to sit and listen. Jesus told Martha something that's true of many of us. We're distracted. Mary chose the other portion. But things are so much different in John 11. It's Martha that leads the way. The one who stands out in this story as faithful, perceptive, brave is in the center of the whole episode, and it is Martha. What is most revealing about Martha's status in this text is that she makes a most insightful and sophisticated Christological confession in John's entire gospel. She says, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Martha is already an example of faith when she runs out of her house of mourning to meet Jesus before he even arrives. Her initial confession of faith is in Jesus' healing abilities, and she says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Mary's going to say that also, but Martha says first, and that's important, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Martha reveals her solid knowledge of traditional Jewish doctrine as taught by the Pharisees who believed in a resurrection. She believes that Jesus speaks the truth, for Lazarus will rise in the resurrection at the last day. How does Martha then help us? I think Martha helps us because she has stared death in the face. Many of you have too. Stared it in the face. 
Maybe as we look at our loved one in a casket, or maybe as we're with them at the very moment of their death, or maybe when the casket is closed and the words are spoken that are so powerful in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection from the dead, we commit our loved one, we say, to this resting place. Martha's faced it, so have you. Jesus did not arrive in time to heal Lazarus before he died. And so Martha wiped his body with oil and wrapped him in cloths. Even before Jesus raises Lazarus from the death, Martha believes. Not only that Jesus could give new life to her dead brother, Lazarus, but that Jesus is the Messiah, Savior, Son of God in the world. Martha's example of faith, trust, and belief in Jesus is the kind of faith that guides us all, facing not only the death of our loved ones, but facing challenging moments in our lives relationships that can be fragile, facing everything that can bind us, hold us back from being who we really are. And it is that stirring of the Spirit that strengthens us to say with Martha, I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, Savior, Son of God. And in Him is our life, our healing, our comfort, our hope, our peace, our direction, our meaning, our affirmation, and the grace that passes all understanding. A final word in verse 44. As Lazarus comes out of that tomb, Christ says, unbind him and let him go. This unbinding of Lazarus, which I hope, I'm sure you imagine in your mind, I do, this unbinding of Lazarus is not just for him. It's for you and I as we gather here today. It is Jesus always unbinding us, always setting us free, feeding us in this meal of Holy Communion, bringing us into his body in Holy Baptism. Although we have not died, we are being unbound each day. Unbound so that we may live into who we are as God sees us. Unbound that whatever fear and worry holds us back will not control us. For we are free in the name of Jesus. Amen. The blessing of Almighty God the Father Son and Holy Spirit be with each of you. Amen.